Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for being part of what we're doing this week. And I always give you thanks. And I want you to know that that thanks is genuine and real and authentic every single week. Okay, so it's not just a throwaway thank you. You know, it's my intent that you experience the acknowledgement right? That you're part of something and that you've committed to something and that you've chosen for yourself that what we're doing here at The Nation is something that reverberates with you, rings your fucking bell, inspires you to make change and 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 perhaps along the way incites a little, uh, ignites a little fire in you, okay? So thank you from the bottom of my heart to your ears. This week, I want to talk to you about standards. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about fucking standards. Um, usually when we hear the word standards, right, we are, we are kind of looking around us and identifying what we might think is not up to standard, right? Not up to our standards. On one hand, you might say, well, you know, isn't that a good thing? Having some standards there, you know, like having some, kind of framework within which to live my life. Yes. But there's this kind of hidden side of standards that no one talks about. No one talks about. And and people even talk about it in the world of dating. I have standards. No, you have a checklist. And everybody you meet, you're just checking them off a list, including the looks, the way they talk, the way they walk, the way they function their career, their money or lack thereof, their appeal, <clears throat> their age, their whole, <clears throat> you're filtering and constantly filtering. And this isn't just in the dating world. <clears throat> you as a human being are constantly filtering the world. Now, again, I know some of you might think, well, that, you know, so what? Well, there's, there's a downside or a hidden side, like I said, to standards and that hidden side is, what it deprives you of. <clears throat> See, if you're, if you're only going to ever live your life and forget for a moment the dating thing, this could be anything. This could be in your current relationship. This could be with your finances. This could be with your family relationships. This could be in your career right now. You're constantly filtering your whole experience through some already existing sense or idea 
of how people and situations are supposed to be going. So your job right now, <clears throat> you're already filtering out how this is going. Is it good? Is it bad? Is what I'm doing here something I agree with or disagree with? You know, you, that filter is already at work. <clears throat> and so you're not subdued or suppressed or up against your job in this instance. You're up against how in the background of your thoughts it's supposed to be. And it's the same in your relationship, right? If you're in a relationship right now and it's going really well, it's only lining up with how you think it's supposed to go. And if it's not going well, it's not lining up with how you think it's supposed to go. Right? I think one of the worst lines or, or things that I hear people say is, I'm not getting out of this what I need to get out of it. <clears throat> Just get the dynamic of that. And that's a standard, by the way. Just get the dynamic of that. I'm not getting out of this what I need to get out of it. I mean, imagine we all just went around in life getting what we want to get out of things. And everybody was still doing that. Well, nothing's getting provided. That is, everybody wants to eat at the table, but nobody wants to make anything. <clears throat> and there's a whole world of purpose, creation, joy, fulfillment that's available out of being a creator in this life. Instead of somebody who's just constantly measuring what they're getting. And I know, I hear you, yeah, well, one of the times you're in relationships with people that are mean, yeah, I get it. I know, I hear you. But many of you, I mean, I mean many of you, I mean an awful fucking lot of you, and your current relationship, your only real template is how your parents did it. And how your parents did it, by the way, was compared to what you saw going on around you growing up too. You were setting standards even then, watching your parents interact with each other compared to parents on the TV or your friend's parents or your neighbor's parents. Like you were you were formulating an idea of what your parents were doing. And then as you got a little bit older, you started to formulate a sense of what you're going to do. That is building your own set of standards. And then the poor fucking sucker who came along and got in a relationship with you walked right into your standards, right? I mean, some of you, whether you realize it or not, and I get that a lot of you won't even realize it, are comparing your current partner to your mom or your dad. And I'm including those of you that have fucking brilliant relationships with your parents. You love your mom and dad. You're fully expressive of that love. You communicate and you let them know and you acknowledge them and all that great stuff. <clears throat> but even, even that, even from that situation, you've taken some standard and you're applying it to your life right now. That's why the poor sucker who gets in a relationship with you is trying to live up to something that you don't even realize you're setting the bar for. They'll never be your mom or they'll never be your dad. Again, this kind of hidden damaging aspect of standards. I'll give you another example of the hidden and damaging aspect of standards. Another example is when things aren't quite going in your life the way that you think they should, you might experience yourself as having failed, not quite made it, not hit it, maybe disappointed in yourself. You might be frustrated with yourself, annoyed, desperate, desolate. If you think about that for a minute, where's all that coming from? That's right, the standard you set yourself. People are never down about what they've done in life. People are down about what they've done. 
in comparison to what they think they should have done. <laughs> Let that rattle around in your cage for five minutes. That's why things like fucking disappointment should be temporary and fleeting experiences. It doesn't serve anything. And every time you're kind of in that spot, you, you do have to really take the case that you're dwelling in it for some purpose that might be unclear for you at this point, but that it serves a purpose. You know, if you go all the way back, what are we, six books in now? I'm writing number seven. I'm working on another audio book too, by the way, about hate. I'm kind of throwing that out there as a marker because it's been rattling around in my head for about three weeks now. <clears throat> but I digress. <clears throat> I, th I think if you... I think if you look at your, your own life and your own existence, anytime you're in some kind of down, downward kind of trajectory in your life, I, I do want you to consider that it does serve a purpose. It's not, it's not coming out of nowhere. It's not just showing up in a fucking vacuum. But I'm, but I'm going to assert something here. I'm going to say like an awful lot of your disappointment in life is purely a function of your standards. Again, one of those places where standards don't work. You're holding yourself to some invisible ideal. <clears throat> and then you're not disappointed in the result. You're disappointed in the result when comparing it to the standard that you'd set, which impacts your ability to produce the next result. Say that again. Which impacts your ability to produce the next result. So now it's working against you. It's pushing back against you, pushing you back. Fucking great, huh? That's why, that's why a lot of the stuff that gets thrown around in this particular subject and the subject of personal growth and development, I, I get that it's well-meaning. It's just not well thought out. It's just not doing what it could do. You know, with every with everything that you read out there and you see it there, you you know, you might see somebody, well, that's a really good idea, but you have to really consider the back of the hand too. You don't just consider the front of the hand. Oh, that looks pretty good to me. No, there's a back of the hand. There's another side to it. It's not a hop and a skip and a jump to get over there. To be like, oh, shit. Oh, I see now. I mean, the one, fuck's sake, the one that I bang on about every other fucking week is cutting people out of your life. On the front of the hand, this seems like a fucking good idea, right? Because this person that I've been in some sort of relationship with, a family member, or maybe someone I loved or whatever, this, this connection between me and this person, it just doesn't fucking work anymore. And I don't want to participate in it any longer. Fuck it. You're cut out. Seems like a good idea. Then there's the back of the hand. What's incomplete though? Okay, you did the cut. What's lingering? And you got to look. So with everything, there's the front of the hand, the back of the hand. I want you to know that when I'm giving you the front of the hand, I have fucking fully considered the back of the hand. I've fully considered that and thought about it and sat in it and stood in it before I gave it to you. I don't just, and, and that's the other thing about, you know, participating in this work with me. And, I, and, I'm, and in the coming weeks, by the way, I'm going to have some fucking super exciting news about participating in this work with me, okay? Super exciting news that people from all over the world, right? Because we got listeners all over the fucking place, right? We got, we got listeners in Saudi Arabia, we got listeners in, in Australia, New Zealand, 
um, all over North America, South America, Europe. Um, I'm going to be exciting news about participating in this work with me. Because right now, this is all we can really do. I can talk to you on a podcast. You can listen to the books or read the books. And that's kind of a limitation. But there will be new things in 2024 and in 2025. So, so then, you know, to truly investigate a life. And, and that's what we're fucking doing here, by the way. We're investigating a life, but not just sitting here picking fluff out our belly button and pondering the fucking universe. We're investigating a life. And then whatever's coming out of these, these little investigations, these looks, these insights, we're using them to forward the game of our life day to day, week to week, month to month. We're making change. And if you're just listening to this to get off, then, I mean, fucking fine, but kind of defeats the purpose, right? You, you really want to be in this conversation with something at stake. And, and that's when I can tell, like, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that has always fascinated me has been this idea of reading a book. There's two ways to read a book, by the way. The one way is to read it. That would be like you're observing it. And you may gather information from it, but you're observing it. With my work, the other way to read book and the way to read my books is that you're in it as the subject. You're in it. You are gotten by the book. That's where you'll get the most benefit out of it. But again, it's not how people participate. People participate with their filter, right? Always on. The minute you read something, it's already there, right? The minute a familiar person calls your phone, the filter's already there. Like you switch gears right down the moment to, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. Like you switch, you light up that room that you've associated with that person, right? I mean, if your fucking father calls you right now, the room called father lights up in your brain, whatever it might be, by the way. And it could be a miserable fucking room. It could be a frustrating room. It could be an amazing room, but it goes off. The minute you walk into work, everything associated with walking into work, it's already there. The minute you get in your car, everything associated with being in a car, it's already there. If you experience stress and strain and anxiety on your drive to work or your journey to work, you're priming for that the minute you walk out the fucking door. There's no, oh, this is an adventure of my life. This could be a brilliant day. This could be, let me see what's out here. Let me see if I can see this in a different way. <laughs> I, did, I did this work years and years and years ago. Um, many years ago, and one of the, one of the one of the assignments in the work was to go home and lay down on the floor in a part of your house that you would never lay down on, and just look around, see what you see. And I did. I went under a fucking table, and I lay down under the table, and it's like, oh shit! All this has been here the whole time. I don't. I never get to see it like this. And it was kind of absurd, but it was really enlightening too, right? It was really like, oh, and and I've shared this story in the past, you know, of uh, this, I think I, I read this, it might have been in an in-flight magazine or something, when I used to fly all the time. And it was about this art collector in New York, and they had passed away. And this person's family went to their apartment you know, they over, kind of oversee their collection and so on. And when they got there, the art movers were there, right? 
these are people who are living at a, a kind of financial level that I don't live at, right? And, I, and I'm guessing most of you don't either. But anyway, the, the art movers were in this person's apartment. And um, one of the things that whoever the members of the family were that were there, one of the things that they noticed that when they were taking the art off the wall, the wall was absolutely fucking covered in holes, right? Holes where there had been hooks and, you know, various things put up to hold artwork up, right? But it was covered in them. They were everywhere. And so the member of the family asked the art people, like, what's the deal with this? Why is there so many holes in the wall? And the person said, Oh, we, we, we come to this apartment every month and move all the artwork. We come here every month and move all the artwork. And they said, why? Because the person who owns the artwork didn't want their brain to start shutting it down and making it ordinary. So we kept moving it to different spots so that they would catch their eye and they would have to look at it in a different light and a different angle and a different time of the day. And so it was constantly messing with our own brain patterns. <clears throat> now, why would I do that? Why would I do such a thing? I would do such a thing because my brain is constantly trying to standardize my existence, to make it predictable. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So think about that for a moment, by the way. Think about making life predictable. I, I know you've heard me talk about you making your life predictable. I want you to know that your brain's trying to do that too. Your brain is trying to make your existence predictable. And that same predictability, while it has a certain kind of comfort and a certain kind of safety in it, it'll be one of your biggest frustrations. And it'll be one of your biggest frustrations because simply because you, like all human beings, are wired for more. That's right. You are wired for more. Now, usually when people hear that, they're thinking, oh, yeah, more fucking money, more success, more. No, it's actually more like more of the mundane, right? I mean, you know, I, I talked about this, I want to say, and definitely in Grow Up. But there are elements of it, and I want to say wise as fuck too, <clears throat> where, you know, we're meant to survive this life, right? And if somebody dropped you off in the middle of effing nowhere and you had to eke out an existence, the way you're going to live longest is to live the most predictably. In the wild, you don't want the chaos. You don't want the fucking uncertainty. You don't, yeah, you got to... You got to standardize everything. You got to have everything just be inside some kind of preconceived notion of how life should be. And it's a throwback that we got stuck with. 
I mean, what's, you know, one of my, I think, I think the phrase that kind of broke me in terms of the internet was, you have the life you're willing to put up with. Now, I need you to understand, we don't consciously go through life like willingly putting up with things. What we do is go through life, experience certain things, realize you can still function with it being that way and continue to stumble on. That's why many of you, if you're wrestling with something like your weight, okay, you're not at the point where you can't live with it. You've kind of resigned yourself to that you can live with this. And then you give yourself this flicker of hope that somehow if you just kind of keep doing what you're doing, it'll turn out different. But that's the same, your finances, right? That's the same with your love relationships or lack thereof. That's the same with how it is with your family and your career and your neighbors, uh, where you live. You might want something else. Oh, no, you have to fucking understand. I really want something else. I know, but the actions don't say that. The actions say you've found a level of slurry that you can sit in and make it to the end. That's what your actions suggest. You don't upset the standards. You don't. You don't challenge the ideals. Because somewhere in your mind, you think, no, that's known and certain and predictable. And that's like a paradigm within which I can function and maybe even excel, but only in that domain. You can only excel at the standards you've already set. That's the fucking problem. The, the, the ceiling has already been identified in your relationship. You know, it's like having this notion that you want to be rich and you've set yourself a target of six bucks. So everything in your life is about putting together six bucks and you're going to do it one cent at a time. And so you've organized your life that way. Oh yeah, i got to gather it and it's going to take time. It's a long process. I'm going to put a cent a month away. And I'm going to do it. And there might be some months I'm putting two cents away. Because really all I need to make my life work is $627 a month. And so I found a job that pays me that. And I managed to get my one cent a month put away. Now, that's a paradigm. That's a limit. That's an environment that I've created for myself and that I'm existing in. And if I look at that environment and I'm putting my cent a month away, I'm thinking I'm doing pretty fucking good. Now, of course, this isn't about money. And that was a kind of ridiculous example that I gave you, but I wanted to get you a sense of something, that you don't play the game of life unleashed. You play the game of life constrained for what's possible. You don't, I've, I've mentioned this before, there's been a podcast episode about it. You don't live a life of what's possible. You live a life of what's probable. You don't look at your problems like, yeah, but what's possible here? And how can I get to that and make and deliver on that and make that happen? No, it's more like, how do I make the best of what I've got here, which is the game of what's probable? It's not the game of what's possible. Listen, I'll give you a little hint. If you're in a long-distance relationship with somebody, play the game of what's possible. <laughs> if you're starting a new business, play the game of what's possible. Look at your situation right now. What's possible? What if I stretched this and did that? What if I did this instead of that? What if I actually considered that I could do this two times as quick for double the money? What's possible? So yeah, 
Question your ideals. Question your standards. Question the environment that you've created for yourself mentally. Question it with your friends. And they're your friends, by the way, because they agree, they agree or align with how you see life. That's why you get together and talk about it. They're in agreement. This is what's possible. And I'm not talking about force and gritting your teeth and trying to get motivated. I'm talking about a view of life that captures more than the one you currently have. Question the box that you're living in. But most of all, you should always be aware of who put that box together. Because when you keep bringing yourself back there, then you're in the world of being able to do something about that fucking box. All right, that's it for this week's episode. It's been brilliant creating this conversation. Actually, I really enjoyed putting this together for you. Um, as usual, if you want to be in communication with me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. Call or text 646-450-3203. And, and this is the big end, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, okay? If you haven't shared this podcast with people, I know a number of you are on Instagram. I'm catching you. I see you sharing about the podcast. It makes a fucking massive difference to this show when you share this with your people, right? When you talk to your people about what you're getting out of the books and the difference that you're seeing for yourself out of participating in the work, all of that makes a difference to my ability to continue to deliver this for you, right? Because um, ultimately, that's the game, okay? All right. And by the way, I'm going to be introducing something in the coming weeks. For those of you that have small businesses, um, I'm going to give you free shout-outs on the show, okay? I don't have any sponsors for this fucking show. And I'm not particularly looking for any. Um, but I thought, why not give people a helping hand, right? Like, help people out with what they're dealing with. Um, so don't send anything and yet. Yeah, I'll let you know when to do it. But it is something I'm going to be bringing into future shows. Shout outs to small businesses across the fucking planet. All right, that's it for this week. Have a great one. I will see you on the flip side. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 